1: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify.
2: Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmannen. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi er skidetræt af alle de der podcast, og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det
1: ikke rigtigt, det finder vi udrede.
2: Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjovt spas med at have den her vid
0: Hello, terrorizers. It is I, Cole. How are you? Are the lights on? Is your door locked? Are you ready to delve into the mind of your fellow fear seekers? It seems you have found your way back to our fan showcase for the second entry. That's good. It means you enjoyed the first. Just a quick reminder before we get started. These stories are out of canon and I have not edited these stories. They come to you exactly as the writer has written it, for better or for worse, but always with the willingness and joy to create. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy.
2: This is Tiny Terrors Fan Submission 002, entitled Introduced Species by an Exchange member named Penny Durham. This entry has been submitted to the new digital portal of the Exchange via tinyterrors.net. Have you heard of the Lithgow Panther? Maybe not, it's just some local folklore. A complete myth, of course. At least, it was. In our defense, he was irresistible. He just showed up one day on our front porch, not hiding, but mewing insistently like he lived there already. He was tiny and all black except for his little white chin and feet, no collar, and hungry. Of course I fed him. Our last cat, Millie, had died three years before, and it was, it was nice to have an animal around again. We called him Edward. After The Black Prince, not the Johnny Depp movie. I'm a history teacher, so it's less pretentious than it sounds. The vet said he was healthy, about eight weeks old. "'Look at his paws, though,' she said. "'He's gonna be big.' "'He wasn't cuddly, and he didn't like being picked up, "'and he never stayed where you put him. "'But he would jump into your lap "'and start kneading your thigh with his paws. "'It made you feel so loved, "'even when they drew blood "'and your skin looked like it'd been grated. "'We tried to keep him indoors like they say you should, "'but it seemed a bit pointless. "'He'd already been on the streets, and cats will be cats. "'In the house, he chased everything.' Bits of string, dangling earbuds, moths. Did you know cats eat moths? There was a big huntsman spider in the house for a few days. Unpleasant, but I've learned to live with them and just leave them be to eat insects. Edward would chase it up the wall until it was out of reach and watch it for hours. But the spider must have been, well, on its last legs because one day it got too slow. I can't forget the sight of this kitten with goo all down his chin and three hairy legs sticking out of his mouth. It left quite a mess when we did let him into the garden, or stopped trying to stop him, he loved it. Really came alive and had a growth spurt, just like the vet said. I tried putting a collar with a bell on him, but that lasted a day before he somehow gnawed through it. Our neighbor's daughter, Esther, loved him. When she saw him, she would squeal, tat, and toddle up and try to pat him, but he was too fast for those sticky fingers. It was funny to watch him slink around like a tiny panther, all loose-shouldered and crouching, waiting to pounce on some oblivious lizard. It was just lizards at first. They'd dropped their tails as a diversion, but he wasn't fooled. They never got away. We'd had him only a few weeks before he brought us his first... gift. A mouse, but not a native species. The gross old-school kind. Paul, my boyfriend, made sure it was dead, then whisked it straight into the kitchen bin and took the bag out. The cat just stared at us a few days later it was a rat a lot of cats would be too scared to take on a rat not edward paul saw it first and i heard the shriek it was big and what edward had done to it well it was unusual he'd torn open its abdomen and you could see bones and organs after that it was a bird a noisy miner they're pests, they shriek incessantly and harass other birds. No one would miss them if you eradicated the lot. We gave Edward pats for that. Probably a mistake. Because after that, he brought a magpie. I love magpies, so that was bad. The butcher bird was worse. They're brutal. The only birds that can see off a miner, but they're also beautiful songbirds. And our three-month-old kitten had caught one and torn its throat out a week later and this really broke our hearts a kookaburra he was growing fast and had about doubled in size by this point point. one evening in the garden just as it was getting dark i spotted edward staring at a possum that had frozen halfway down a tree they glared at each other both surprised to meet this self from another universe but then i saw edward crouching shifting his weight and I realized he was going to pounce at this animal the same size as him. I clapped and the possum flashed up the tree and onto a roof and away. Edward was straight after it before I could stop him. The next time I saw him, he was calmly washing his face in front of the heater. Our block is quite long and there's a shed in the corner at the back. I was weeding when I smelled something bad. I'd caught a whiff of something once or twice the past few days and told myself it was probably a dead rat in the lane. But now I had a sinking feeling. It was coming from our property. As I stood there wondering how soon the neighbors would start complaining, Edward trotted out from behind the shed. He looked at me dismissively, then carried on towards the house, trailing spiderwebs. The smell got stronger the closer I got, along with a buzzing noise. Flies. There's only a narrow space between the shed and the old stone wall, and I had to edge in sideways, stamping down weeds, hoping there were no funnel webs. I shone my phone light into the far corner and almost threw up on the spot. It was a heap of animal skeletons, maybe thirty, higgledy-piggledy and covered in blood-clotted fur and feathers reeking and buzzing with flies. I was very glad it was winter. I realized what he had been bringing us were not his total kills, but trophies of his progress, like school reports each time he graduated. I won't describe what it was like clearing out the mess. We tried not to look too closely, because then we could pretend it was just miners and rats and maybe a few feral rabbits and no native animals. We blocked up the space behind the shed. The cat was in the doghouse after that, and we tried to keep him indoors, honestly. But he tore the place up, curtains shredded, doors clawed, Tore us up, too, until he got his way again. It wasn't like we'd be able to keep all the doors and windows closed when summer came around anyway. There were no more gifts. No new boneyard that we could find. So we convinced ourselves he'd learned. Or just stopped. Until Esther, of course. That did it. She's fine now, really, just a little scarring, but she's so young it'll fade in time. She's just had a fright, that's all. Jackie and Rob made a huge fuss. They wanted to call the police, but agreed not to as long as we promised to have Edward put down. A few scratches and bites, and they wanted him dead. We promised, of course, but obviously we weren't going to do it. The plan made sense. After dark, Paul and I put him in his carrier, snuck into the car, and started driving west. Four hours out of Sydney, in farmland past the mountains, there was no way he'd find his way back and there was a mouse plague on. He could kill all he wanted and it'd be fine. I still cried all the way in the car. It was nearly midnight when we drove off the highway and down a side road between two fields. The road was a sea of little brown bodies rolling in waves before our headlights. We stopped on the side of the road and let him out. He looked at us for a few seconds. Then he was just gone. That was six months ago. I admit we didn't really think about what would happen when the mouse plague was over. Or, more to the point, that once he leveled up, he never really liked to go backwards. And he was well past mice. When the sighting started, we thought, that's fine, everyone will write it off as more Blithgow panther attention-seeking, even if this panther had a white chin and paws. But then there were those sheep, and the dog... And yes, that little boy in the campground. That's what did it. So now they're hunting him. Parks and Wildlife is hunting our Edward. Idiots. They don't realize he's ready to level up again. They don't know who's the prey. I'm sorry about the little boy, all right, but cats will be cats.
0: Tiny Terrors is an anthology horror podcast produced by Pulp Audio and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. This episode was
2: directed by Cole Weavers, with sound production and editing by Mike LeBeau.
0: To find additional information or to join our Patreon for additional content and ad-free episodes, visit our website, www.tinyterrorspod.com.
2: Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod,
0: Or join the Pulp Audio Discord by clicking the link in the description below.
2: Rate and review us on Spotify and Apple.
0: And finally, thanks for listening.
2: Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmannen. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi er skidetræt af alle de der podcast, og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke
1: rigtigt, det finder vi ud af.
2: Vi har i hvert fald et vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjovt og spas med at have den her vidunderlige